All right, what is up, Art World? Uh, I am back and I'm here with uh, Miss Art World, of course. What's up, everybody? And we have the incredible David Puck. Hello. How's it going? Good, how you doing? Good. Welcome um, to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're here to talk about your art and you're brand new to Los Angeles, so welcome. Yeah. Thank you. You liking it so far? I am loving it. Yeah? It's been so good. good. Yeah. There's so much happening here. It's a crazy city. Yeah. When did you get here? A, like a week ago. Have you visited before? Yeah, I visited okay. for two weeks last month. And then I went away for a week to North Cal, thought about moving there, and then came back to LA. Yeah. <laughs> Shows life. <laughs> good choice. Yeah. Well, and the art scene here is just awesome. I mean, if you're going to be... In on the West Coast, I feel like this is where you should be for art. It seems really good from what I've seen so yeah. far, and just the creativity in general, and everyone, everyone's doing so many things, and they have so much energy, and mostly like it feels, at least to me, like accessible. Because mm -hmm. in Europe, it takes a while to get into like connected into communities. At least it did for me. Whereas here, everyone's like, "Yeah, come along, <laughs> yeah. let's do it." Exactly. <laughs> I love it. And where are you from originally? I'm from England. Yeah, west of England. Okay. Awesome. But I've been living all over, so some people think my voice is a bit, they can't quite place it, because mm -hmm. I was living in Germany, that's where I just came from, uh, and I was in Spain, I was in South America, so I just kind of moving around a lot. When you decide to move someplace new, is it just because, or is there usually something that takes you there? Yeah, up until now, like California was a little bit more premeditated, I had a job here in North California, which I was doing. And then I decided to stay partly because I thought it would be good for art. And I like it here. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the ones were just, yeah, random. Mm -hmm. I say, I want to run away to Mexico. So I, I want did. to be you. <laughs> I want to be you so bad. So I just want to be like, I'm going to Scotland next yeah, week. And just not? pick up and go. I want to start doing it again. I've been talking to a friend. She's in Indonesia You've right now. You've been here a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a vacation. Save her a little bit. But I was in North Cal for four months, so. Oh, okay. Fine. That's a little bit of time. <laughs> oh, enough. my gosh. So, uh, can you tell us where we are? Yeah, so right now we're in Boyle Heights, which is East LA. And we're in my brand new studio. We've been here for one week, so it looks like a tip and there's nothing here. We're using salvaged chairs <laughs> and a cardboard box to put the mic on. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that. No, we love, um, love Yeah, it's great. But it's a great space. I've just moved in, but um, there's all types of different artists here, like in woodworkers and metalworkers. And the guys running it are also artists, and they've set up spaces all over California for like 20 years. Um, wow. So they, yeah, and they keep it affordable because they're artists themselves and they know how important that is. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad I found it. I found it on Craigslist. Oh, wow. wow. Just stumbled on it. Do they, is there a name for the community of artists? Or? Yeah, so this building is called Low Road City and uh, you can search it and they're, they're kind of, it's just started. They just got the building recently. But um, there's going to be a big, uh, like, anniversary party next month. Uh, which will be public, and yeah, they're working on kind of getting the name of it out there as well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. There's so many little like studio hubs down here. Mm -hmm. We were driving, we realized we were like 10, 5, 10 minutes from uh, Andrew, who was on the podcast as well, his studio. Yeah. I love it. Like just the art community all right down here. Mm -hmm. It seems like it. This yeah. whole row is studios or like things connected with creative industry, mm -hmm. and it's great. Yeah, yeah, it just fosters creativity. Yeah. That's super cool. I love uh, the pink paint on your shoes yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah, I do too. It was actually an accident. So mm -hmm. there's a pink drag queen mural, which you guys saw outside, that I just painted mm -hmm. when I moved in. And yeah, the paint fell off the ladder and onto my shoe. And I was like, oh, no. Like, oh, wait, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. Yeah, should do it to all my shoes. <laughs> just a splash of pink. Yeah. <laughs> Happy little accident. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about your work. Um, we're going to post it on Instagram on our Art World podcast Instagram for those of you who are, who are listening. But also, if you wanted to look up his Instagram, it is... David Puck Artist. Perfect. P-U-C-K, like a hockey puck. Um, but your work is 
bold and colorful and you have this great mix of like portraits but then abstract um, so tell us a little bit of how you came to your style and even what it is since it this is visual that we're talking about on a podcast yep. <laughs> yeah sure um, I think you got it it's it's pretty much all portraits I do a little bit of like figurative like more generally figurative but it's pretty much head shoulder portraits and uh, yeah abstract realism I think of it as uh, and yeah colorful it's a mix of spray paint and oil paint for the smaller ones and then I also paint murals so for that I just use spray paint um, and I think that's really what, like, people say it looks distinctive to them, and I think it's the spray paint that does that, because, mm -hmm. and that's what I like about using, like, freehand spray paint on a really small scale. Um, if you're not doing it, like, stencil style, like those New York landscape people, you know, <laughs> yeah. that everyone saw on YouTube, if you don't do that, but you just do it freehand, it's, like pretty hard to control on a small scale I bet yeah and but I kind of just I go with that and I let the chaos of that take over and so I'm not really controlling exactly what's happening I know I want yellow somewhere in this area but maybe it's going to spurt over to where I didn't intend it to go and then I just go with that and then come in later with the oil and kind of anchor it all together um, and that's like my process of making it and that's how I think about them I kind of think about them as like abstract paintings that happen to be in the shape of a face okay um, and then yeah some of the stuff I've been doing recently has like gone even further into the abstraction so that's probably what I'm going to do just get like weirder and weirder slowly <laughs> nice yeah. I love it it's a different new <laughs> take over yeah <laughs> You gotta start normal so people don't run away. Normal. Exactly. Then you, like, get them hooked and then just let them follow. It's like dating someone, right? That's yeah, what people absolutely. do. The crazy comes out a bit at a time. Just very slowly. <laughs> but, awesome. uh, and queerness, which is hugely in my work. Mm -hmm. um, I paint a lot of drag artists, either friends of mine or ones that I admire, and queer figures in general. Um, so that's very strongly in there as well and that's a big part of my identity as well as a person so it comes out mm -hmm. um, and mental health as well as the last thing I don't think this one maybe comes across when people look at it just straight off mm -hmm. but um, like mental health is a huge thing in my life I've been on like well a lifelong but especially the last year has been like massively transformative for my own mental health I had loads of issues with depression and pretty bad anxiety in the past um, and the work that I do is trying to tap into that that's why a lot of the people that to me there's it's like this happy poppy colourful portrait but then there's kind of a pain in their eyes mm. I don't really do I don't do like happy people so and I like that kind of the two sides of it having the having that shiny pop like colorfulness but with this melancholy because mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. what life is there's always those like the yin and yang the black and white you know that's very interesting yeah. that you say that because when I look at them I can see that now that you've told me that but for me they came off as like very strong figures like I would look to them and go wow that person is very strong and confident in who they are but now that you say that I can see this um, like sadness behind the eyes or behind mm -hmm. the face that I don't know if I would have been able to get right off the bat which is great I think that makes interesting art is where you have to really spend some time looking and analyzing the features to understand exactly what the artist is trying to say totally that's yeah. cool yeah and I think um and it does differ between them like mm -hmm. not every single one is like capturing the same emotions so some of them are going to look a bit more like strong and mm -hmm. some will look a little bit more vulnerable so it makes sense mm -hmm. definitely yeah that um I love them because they're aesthetically pleasing. They're beautiful. I would put them up, but I immediately was drawn to their eyes. Mm. And I, the sadness and just the heaviness in them. I don't know. I think they're really cool. Thank you. Do you do self-portraits ever? I do have some, yeah. Okay. Usually when I'm too lazy to find a model. <laughs> <laughs> a true artist right there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've done a few. There's some on my Instagram and then, um, yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right, so we want to talk to you a bit too about your street art, the murals that you make. Um, cool. Yeah. Because your art 
our first street artist that we've had cool. on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So we know nothing really about street art or because I'm not a street artist. I'd be scared. <laughs> Would you? Oh, yeah. I guess it depends. So when I'd you, be scared to be arrested, I think. When you go to a building, because um, you've done some really big, awesome pieces, um, do you have permission from the proprietor of the building? Yeah, so that's... Uh, I, call my, I call myself a muralist, not mm-hmm. a street artist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, because okay. I, yeah, I only do legal work. Uh, and that's like a really big difference if you're like a graffiti or a street mm-hmm. like people people who only do legal work still call themselves street artists yeah. but really like when you think of graffiti and street art you think of the illegal work right yeah and i'm the same like i said i had <laughs> i had anxiety i'm still dealing with that in some ways so i can't deal with the like three hours of painting looking over my shoulder <laughs> exactly two seconds and um i mean i have done some in the past uh but it's not my thing okay uh, so yeah, so the worlds are connected, and I have a lot of mm-hmm. friends who are graffiti artists. I've painted at graffiti festivals, um, mostly in Europe. So I'm in that world, uh, and I love it. But yeah, I can't speak from doing it myself. So I call myself a muralist because I don't want to like sell myself as something that I'm not. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that does annoy some graffiti artists that they see muralists who kind of take the street cred of graffiti <laughs> without actually doing the the risk. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's good to know. It is super I good to such, know. I feel like there's a lot of blurred lines in Los Angeles um, where like street artists do not want to be called graffiti and now I a muralist with permission would be different than a street artist. Yeah, it's, it's and so interesting. Mine definitely comes from a place of respect for graffiti yeah. in that I don't want to like take anything from that that mm-hmm. I haven't earned mm-hmm. but um, definitely not in the sense that I love it as an art form so yeah, yeah. Um, it's different to it's not the kind of ooh I'm a muralist not yeah. a graffiti it's, it's not like that <laughs> no yeah. yeah that's awesome though so being a muralist um, do you approach businesses or do they approach you or probably a little of both yeah it's kind of it's a mix of everything mm-hmm. and really it's it's hard going it, like so far in LA I've been pretty lucky to like stumble on and find a few spots already but everywhere else I've been you like it takes a long time to find them and organize them and so yeah what I do is I'll do a lot of flyering I'll just be out in the city and as soon as I see a wall that looks like it would be good to paint I'll go and talk to the owner I'll find out who the owner is sometimes that's a really long journey in itself Uh, (laughs) but I just did one in San Francisco and that just came about from going into a shop and saying that you have an empty shutter can I paint it and they were down so it can happen but it takes a while especially because I want to do my work and I want to do queer work because mm-hmm. with the murals I, I particularly focus on doing drag queens because I think having giant drag queen murals is hilarious and amazing yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Agreed. Yeah, yes. and I'm really into it uh, but it's not always easy to find someone who wants that on their wall yeah. so it takes a while um, yeah mm-hmm. was that your question? I that was my question have you approached Hamburger Mary's yet? Uh, I haven't. I am ta- I am talking to precinct, or I'm going to be. I've mm-hmm. talked to people who work there um, about doing one there, and that's a big queer bar in downtown where the yeah. Boulay brothers do their thing. Um, so hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, it's um, definitely on the list to be like yeah. approaching. But the thing with like the queer murals for me is like it's great to work with the community, mm-hmm. and like I'm doing like a drag festival up in Oakland next month, and that's going to be amazing. But the reason I wanted to do it was to put queer imagery in public non-queer space. That makes sense. To get out of the echo chamber, to get out of, you know, to, mm-hmm. and, yeah. um, and I know we're still in California, like a lot of it's very liberal anyway, but um, I want to work other, other places too. So that's the goal. So yeah, it would be great to work with the queer community always, but ultimately I want to put it in the most conservative straight neighborhood yeah. I can find. <laughs> yeah. I just silently clapped for that yeah. too. <laughs> Cause I lo- I love that uh so much that you want to bring it into a community that isn't used to seeing yeah. drag queens and really be confronted with this powerful image placed on a a wall. I just I love that idea of 
um, it's not like a rebel, but like confronting a community that they they probably don't have a whole lot of connection with mm, or yeah. knowledge of. And just and I think it helps normalize it to an extent. I don't mm. know if that's the best word for it, but people just don't like what they don't know. Yeah. So as soon as you meet someone who is either of, I don't know, a different race, a different nationality, a different sexuality, most of the time people get along fine. It's just when you don't know it, you're afraid of it, so you act strangely towards it, mm-hmm. is, my, is what I think anyway. And also I feel, for me, like, not everyone see, looks at drag and sees this, but for me, the reason that I love drag is because it embodies freedom and acceptance and being yourself and compassion. And that's what I see when I see drag. And I want that for everyone in the world. I don't care if you're queer or not. Like, we all have things that we feel limited by. We all have things that we maybe don't, like, are afraid to let others know about ourselves because it's different. Um, And no one should have to feel like that. We should all feel free. So that's what I want, and that's what painting a giant drag queen on a wall means to me. Love that. This might not be a appropriate question, but have you ever tried doing drag, or is that not of interest to you? Yeah, I do it, but I do I do weird drag. Um, <laughs> like, well, drag in itself is broadening so much now. It's mm-hmm. insane. like it's it's performance art, really. Like, I actually had a great conversation with my brother, who's st- very straight, and he, um, him, and my parents are like sending me clippings of drag and stuff like that because it's becoming so popular now. And he was talking, he was a little bit drunk, but he was talking to me about it, like, why is it even queer? Like, why is it queer? Like, it, like drag is just the thing. And I totally got what he meant, yeah. um, because what he's saying is, is, like, this is performance art, this is for everyone, you know? Like, like, you can be a straight man or woman, whatever, and still enjoy, like, playing with gender or, like, playing with performance. And I think that's where drag is going to go, honestly, the more, like, mainstream it becomes, it's going to open up to everyone, it's going to become this hopefully wonderful thing. Absolutely. Which I totally get. So I do performance art, and I was doing um, kind of my interpretation of a maid cafe because I had gone to Japan and went to several different ones because I was fascinated by the culture. And so I came back, and I wanted to recreate that, but I got my both my brothers, who are very straight, I said, look, will you guys dress up in a maid outfit, and you can wear a mask, but then when you're interacting with the public, can you pretend that you're um you know a female and approach them and oh will you take a photo with me and kind of play this role and my older brother samuel just loved it he was the star of that performance he was incredible he was yeah. like you know bending and posing yeah. and just got so into it and i really do think it is for everyone no matter what you um identify identify as yeah i love that that's great. I have great photos of them. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my drag is kind of, it's just silly. It's like, as a creative outlet, it's my chat. Because I think I I like to make a joke out of everything in life. And if you read my Instagram stories, they're so stupid and silly. <laughs> and that's kind of my character. But I feel like my paintings are a little bit more serious. Um, so drag for me is a way to just be silly. So I do, like, it's always a pun. And I do like I did a number dressed as a giant cigarette, and I basically just coughed for like three minutes. It was like the police is every breath you take, and then I would yeah. cough. Um, and I did another where I was dressed as a piece of bread, and I did Katy Perry's rise, <laughs> like the bread rises. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's terrible, but I, I need to it. find yeah, it. I need to see these. <laughs> That is awesome. I actually do want to start performing in LA. I've been meaning to reach out to people, but we'll have to see if there's a stage with low standards for me. <laughs> oh, that is, I'm not true. If you're out there listening, drag yeah. queens with low standards. That'll be our hashtag this episode. Drag queens with low standards. Oh, yeah, totally. That's my middle name. <laughs> that's amazing. So, um, I think... I was going to ask you if you've done performance art, but you say that your drag is performance art. Right? Yeah, I, well, I see all drag in that way, yeah. And then, um, yeah, it's pretty much all been drag-focused, what I've done in that realm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have, um, would, like, a 
artistic goal for yourself or you just kind of go in with the flow of your creativity yeah uh i guess it's a little bit of both but definitely right now i'm focusing a lot on the murals and uh so getting bigger and better walls um is the main goal and i actually just it round the corner from this studio i'm going to be painting one next month it's like three or four stories tall which is the biggest one i've done by far so mm-hmm. far wow. and i get to use a crane nice yes. so that's a big jumper and i've been applying to mural festivals there's like a whole so street art is so huge now muralism is so huge that um like it feels like most cities have a street art festival a mural festival so i've been applying to those and i'm hoping to get into that either this year or next year it depends how it falls but and then um, travel and do that, and that be the main thing that I focus on because that's really what I want to do. And then like fit in the studio painting when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's the goal. And um, living from art is always a struggle. Like I'm doing it, but barely. So at least you're comfy. doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just <laughs> there's some weird things I'm doing as well. Like last night, I just did a live painting gig at a party for a Jewish wedding, which was oh, very interesting. Wow. Jewish. Okay. Yeah. So I was like connecting with my roots. I'm yeah. like half Jewish. Um, so that was fun, but I was like, it was yeah, really stressful because it was no time to paint the wedding couple in front of a whole room full of people. Mm-hmm. I've, like, just started live painting recently, yeah. so it's been a journey. When you do live painting, does it stay consistent with, um, like, the look of your paintings in here, or do you do it more traditional portrait style of the couple? Yeah, it, it kind of depends on how much time I have. Mm-hmm. I try... I always use a lot of color, but a lot of the time I can't use spray paint because it's indoors. Yeah. So that changes what it looks like a lot. And then also, like, when you're painting in 20 minutes, you know, the paint just doesn't dry. 20 minutes? Yeah. Holy yeah. cow, you don't have, like, the whole wedding time? 20 minutes, half an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's what the ones I've been doing have been that. And I just did they ha- I just did Art Battle up in San Francisco, yeah. which they have in L.A. as well. Have mm-hmm. you seen it? Mm-hmm. I just did that, and that was, like, a 20-minute thing as well. Dang. That's kind of what got me into it because I was like, wow, I actually can paint something in 20 minutes. Yeah. So You're so impressing yourself. Hey, that yeah. looks good. <laughs> yeah. Dang. I feel like it'd be cool though, like my event producer side, to hire someone to do live painting at a wedding, but to give them the oh, whole his, time his and let people like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But to let people go and look throughout the wedding as like a stop by to see like, oh, where's he at? Like, oh wow, that's coming together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's my two cents as a I've been thinking about doing more of it because as well as like what we talked about with the murals in terms of the message, a big draw for doing that for me was making art more sociable. Mm -hmm. Because I did the inside my bedroom, inside my studio on my own painting for hours on end. And it's great. It's meditative. It's relaxing. But I became like a little bit agoraphobic. Like I wouldn't go, I don't want to use that word lightly, but I wouldn't go outside. I wouldn't see people. I would just be isolated. And artists talk about this a lot, right? How it's Mm -hmm. a being a painter Mm -hmm. anyways can be a lonely thing. So I was like, I don't want to be lonely, so I'm going to do murals, I'm going to live paint, I'm going to go to parties, I'm going to try and, like, make it sociable. So, yeah. you can still obsessively paint, but then yeah. be sociable at the same people. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you're so social and so personable, I can imagine it'd be difficult to just be cooped up in a studio all day. I actually, I, I do like it for mm-hmm. a limited amount of time, because yeah. I think naturally I'm introverted. And then I expend all of that energy with people, yeah. and then I have to go back and okay. have my alone time. Like recharge. Yeah, so when I do paint alone, that's kind of my recharge time, and I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I that's listen awesome. to podcasts like yours. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing a mural, um, do people interact with you? I almost think, yeah. like, there'd be so many people trying to talk to you and be like, hey, what you doing? But you couldn't almost work, because there'd be yeah at certain points you have to put the headphones in and be like oh hey nice to see you but then not engage in Mm -hmm. conversation like i just did so the one i did in san francisco was on sixth and mission so if you know san francisco that area has a lot of um homeless people there um and they were great i loved talking to them but uh it was every two seconds like someone else talking and talking (laughs) um and it was yeah it was really nice but at a certain point i was like i need to get this paint (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> I need to work a yeah. little bit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you get around it. Yeah, headphones are a good gift for that. Mm-hmm. I remember I did one. The very first mural I ever did was in Nicaragua, and it was for a school, and a Peace Corps volunteer like, got me to do it. It was one of his projects. Um, and it was this rural school in the middle of nowhere, and all these tiny kids, like a, we say primary school, so elementary Edge, school, I guess. Elementary, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we actually, they were, the kids were so crazy, we had to end up setting up like a gated perimeter around <laughs> me to stop them so you could be like, get behind the line. So they wouldn't come in and just start like kicking the paint over and yeah. like slapping the wall. It was so funny, I felt like I was the cage. <laughs> Held in by children. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool you did that though. You've traveled so much. Yeah, I'm super fortunate. I'm really grateful I've been able to do it. Mm-hmm. I've like managed to stumble on some jobs that have allowed me to like save up money in a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, which is great. Like just, you know, working like crazy and then leave. Uh and like the passport I have, you know, like a lot of my friends are from Central America, they can't travel, mm-hmm. you know, or if they if they want to, they have to have so much money in order to do it to prove that they're not going to try and stay in the place. And it's a whole other world. So I'm really grateful that I'm able to do it. Yeah, definitely. Is there um, any anxiety um, from like the piece that you're going to do? That's the largest piece that you've done. Is there anxiety that you have with such a large space um, that you have to cover that you've never covered before? Or do you just, like, take it on? Yeah, not so much now. Mm -hmm. I think maybe before, but um, what I realized through doing... Like, through doing murals, it's taught me a lot about painting on a smaller scale as well, and vice versa. And kind of what I realized now is that the size doesn't matter. Like, if the image looks good as a thumbnail, it's going to look good on a 20-story building. And my natural impulse is to, like, the bigger, at first anyway, the bigger the space, you've got to do more and more detail, you know, like, more lines and use the fact that you have this space to create a more complex image. But that doesn't necessarily make the painting better. Mm -hmm. Uh, It actually makes it worse for my style. And like you can see the first murals I did, I wasn't doing broad strokes. I was doing lots of little lines because you're up pretty close to it. Mm -hmm. It's a really weird thing. Like I'm sure it happens when people do larger paintings on canvas as well. Um, But it's taken me a while to realize that because I have to fight the impulse to leave this huge color block Mm -hmm. and not fill it with something it feels wrong but then you step (laughs) back and it looks right yeah yeah Yeah. and i can see uh having been a painter at a certain scale like a smaller scale and get being used to having your body just do a certain action and then now using your whole body to make a gesture would be i feel like it'd be scary yeah yeah it's weird for sure you have to get used to it and definitely, like, at first I would freehand draw them. That is just making your life miserable. Because <laughs> <laughs> trying to look at, especially doing faces, like, trying to look at that and, like, when you're drawing the nose, having to move yeah. your arm, like, all the way oh, above your head, God. you just can't. Yeah, it doesn't work. So most people, they'll have their sketch, they'll know exactly what they're doing, and you're literally just photocopying from the mini sketch onto the wall. And that's what I need to start doing. <laughs> I still kind of make it up as I go along, which sounds fun, but it's just like, <laughs> a little stressful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, when you are doing, uh, when you're applying to do like uh, festivals and calls, um, for those types of opportunities, is there usually like an application fee that you have to put in as an artist? So for the ones I apply to, no, because mm-hmm. I make a point myself so far of not entering things that have an application fee because personally I'm really against it. Uh, and I know that it's common practice in the art industry, even really reputable competitions like the the BP National Portrait Prize in the UK, you have to pay £50 to enter. And I've heard the reasons why people say that it exists, but I personally think that it's honestly exploitation of artists because 
it's great for the people that get in the 0.5%, but all the failed, it's base, it's feeding off of failed artists and it's using them for an income stream, in my opinion, that could be found elsewhere. And I understand that I, ha I have friends who run galleries and run art competitions and work in that. Like I worked in communications and creative industry for a while. I understand that money can be tight, but I just think like the artist themselves is the core of that industry and to make them pay for their own opportunity to show their work just feels wrong to me and I think I would feel that way if I wasn't an artist either I'm not just being like cheap and miserable about <laughs> it <laughs> but I mean what do you guys think I would be interested because I know a lot of people don't feel that way so I've been on both sides because I was the gallery director for a long time for Studio Channel Islands Art Center, which is a nonprofit organization, and we would use CAFE, and I think each call for entry that we would put up cost us about 300 to $500, and so we would use the application fee to cover that fee. However... Um, being on the artist side, I've you, I would probably apply to about five different call for entries a month. And if you do the math on that, you know, if you're saying that each one is about $35, that's really expensive. That's where all my money was going yeah. to apply for these shows. And of course, like, it's great when you get in, it sucks when you don't. But also, even if you get in, I feel like the gallery is getting something out of you it's they've seen something in your work that they like that they want to show and so why am i paying for that space in that gallery when they have wanted you like yeah so i i can see both sides but i think i um side more with you like if a gallery really wants to show your artwork if you're at the level where you should be showing in a gallery, then you shouldn't be having to pay for that space. It yeah. shouldn't be a vanity gallery where you're paying for that opportunity. It should be a working business relationship with the gallery. Exactly, and, and people, everyone will warn you off a vanity gallery, don't mm. pay to display, but somehow it's okay to pay for the chance to display. Mm -hmm. And like another thing that gets me just for the economics of it and the affordability of it is that it's not like you're paying you're paying an application fee to get a salary job where from then on you're going to be fine financially. You might not even sell anything at that show. Yeah. <laughs> and if you do, the gallery is still taking fifty percent. That I don't mind, honestly. Like I don't mind. You put up. Yeah. Like, you can put it up even higher. I really don't care because it's like you've sold a painting. And that's the job and it's done. But I think it's just the, the idea of paying to maybe get... It feels like a lottery, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. Because also, I mean, when you get down to it, art is subjective. So you can't ever say, like, my work is so good that if I enter this open call, I'm going to get it. Because there is no so good in art, you know? Mm -hmm. Everyone's idea is different. Would you feel better about it if you paid for the call and then if you were accepted, if you were reimbursed for that money? I if, think if I think the accepted, opposite where like I would you were pay accepted. if I was accepted I would still pay and if I was rejected I want to be reimbursed. I think that's what I would say. So I would happily pay an administration fee to show at a gallery. Fine. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to pay to I don't want to pay to be rejected by a gallery. Which is you know why I mean? a commission is uh, if a gallery takes a commission, it makes sense because you are paying the gallery for an administrative cost. Yeah, and all the work they do. Because mm -hmm. I think I'm not I'm not an artist. Uh, my role is to ask the dumb questions. <laughs> We're all artists. <laughs> I wish. I wish. But um, I would think just from a business side, having that fee deters everyone from applying. And if I can get. 50 artists who have researched my gallery, they know what I'm looking for, they have a good statement, and they're willing to pay to get in, that's going to make my life a lot easier, accepting those 50 and deciding between, to narrow it down to five, than having an open call and going through a thousand. Yeah, I understand, and that's been said to me as a reason, that mm -hmm. it kind of weeds out the less serious applications, but I feel like if you're doing that, 
then you don't need to do an open call to begin with. Okay. Because, um, and also, I mean, I would even call in, call into question how open these open calls are mm-hmm. because you probably already have your eye on a lot of people who are going to be applying. So the idea of someone coming out of nowhere, American Idol style, is probably yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> um, but sorry, I wanted to respond to your point more directly, but I got lost in my own. Okay. <laughs> what is so? There's an open call, and then what's the other? Is it just they hand select people? Yeah, like a curator finds you finds and you. Okay. creates a um, exhibit with different artists. But okay, yeah, you're hand selected. Okay, that makes sense. But um, yeah, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I know. Uh, and with uh, I know that's opposite opinion. I don't truly <laughs> no, have glad. an opinion. It's just kind of where my brain would go if I had to deal with putting together a show. That's I think my thought process would be. I don't want to deal with a thousand applications. And yeah. I know with um, so I work for the city of Santa Clarita as the arts coordinator. And for our public art and civic art opportunities, we don't charge an application fee because we want it to be open and free. A free opportunity for all. Um, but we get a lot of those applications that just find all the free um, things and they don't take the time to like write a cover letter that is specific towards us. It's just kind of a dumping ground for a lot of applications. Um, so it, is, it does take time to rifle through the people that are just mm-hmm. applying because it's free. Um, but I also think it's important, at least for the city, to have a open call so that Absolutely. you can have people that maybe couldn't afford the application fee to give them the opportunity to apply. Yeah, I, def- and I definitely see your point. I just think it's a shame that the way to judge someone's seriousness and intent is by how much money they have. Yeah. Because, I mean, let alone some people in this country, but if you're depending on where you live in the world there's no way you can afford to be an artist yeah and it i mean it goes for every industry every type of job but it's people are being are limited by the resources that they have and where they're from and this to me is an extension of that when there are other workarounds and that's that's really why it irks me is because it kind of hits my inequality yeah, bone you know definitely even though to i think a lot of people it is just oh it's just 20 dollars like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter but it's like the principle of that that yeah. upsets me that makes sense yeah and it adds up fast i'm sure like i did my art budget for last year so I, my husband is a traffic engineer um so he likes budgets and so I had to like calculate everything that I spent on call for entries and it was like four thousand dollars it was something ridiculous and so I've cut back on doing those because I was just like oh that sounds fun that sounds like a great opportunity and I was showing a lot but I also don't know if group call for entries are worth artist time um, because you usually get you know thrown into an art space with a bunch of other artists um, and it almost feels like a money maker for then the gallery to do their next show with a curated show. Yeah. Where they're spending a lot more time focused on like your body of work and your concept versus like a group, a massive group show spitting out a bunch of different art. Yeah. I really haven't done that many shows, uh, so far because what I wanted to focus on was making work and, I show people my work through Instagram and it's free and it's easy. Uh, And so you can still get exposure. I sell a lot of work through Instagram and I do do shows. Mm -hmm. I stumble on them. But in terms of spending those hours every week and all that money, like you said, trying to get into these, these different shows, exhibitions or fairs, I just think like, what are you getting out of it? And I don't feel like the exposure I would get at a lot of those shows is enough to warrant for me right now the money and time that it takes to do it it may in the future be great and right like right now i'm doing shows and it's great fun it's just um yeah i think i think for a lot of artists it's think about what you are really looking to get out of that situation and whether it's going to give it to you yeah yeah and i would wonder especially for you i feel like with a mural you can reach so many more people with your work just by being out in the open, I mean, a permanent gallery. 
Yeah, yeah. Some people call it like a billboard for your artwork. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a fun part about it. Really, though, I think um, online is the way. If anyone is like wanting to move towards making art full time, mm-hmm. like it's essential. You you either need to get the right people, which is unfortunately rich people, to see it, or you need to get a lot of people to see it. And that is do it online, and it's an amazing tool that we have now that I think um, some people use to an amazing degree. Weirdly, not so much in painting, but if you look at makeup artists, like makeup artists mm. on Instagram are huge, and yeah. people have got that down to a formula. Mm. You can be a seventeen-year-old growing up anywhere in the world, and you can, as long as you can get the paint to do it, you can have that formula and I guess you need the talent too yeah. <laughs> forgot about that bit. well if you have that <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean uh, and it's pretty amazing that it it builds that industry up even further because yeah. there's unlimited all, we're all looking for like attention really when you say exposure you mean attention mm. and everyone mm-hmm. has unlimited attention <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there's always more to go so would you say that you that Instagram is like the best place for artists to showcase their uh, work online? I guess still right now, just because it's the most popular. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of issues with it. Like recently, there's been a big hoo-ha about them limiting post visibility even further. And it's basically because they're owned by Facebook. Obviously, it's the same thing that Facebook did with their public pages, which is like they want you to pay to promote it. Mm. So they're going to limit you until you get you pay. Um, so that's the way Instagram is going, and it will probably continue going that way. I don't use Facebook anymore at all. I think it's terrible. So if maybe it won't be Instagram either soon. Um, I've kind of... Like, even though I was just saying it's so great for reaching people, I'm actually, like, I feel like I've done that now, and I'm looking into other things like murals and festivals Mm -hmm. and stuff. But I think just for people to begin with, it's a great free resource to start showing. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we've talked about this a few times on the podcast, but Instagram is great for the artist because it's all visual. There's so little content and opinion. It's the first thing you see is the visual aspect. So. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, weirdly, that again, like uh, with the makeup people, um, beauty gurus, that painters have on average a pretty low follow account. Mm. And I don't know whether that's how people market themselves or whether like who is attracted to that, like that art form in that industry. But it's pretty regular to see like a makeup artist have over 100K easily, whereas even some of the most successful artists and muralists in the world will have 30 yeah Mm -hmm. and it's funny it's interesting i would be interested to see like why that is um because yeah it's a great point yeah it makes sense like you said it's a visual form and painting is visual Mm -hmm. i don't know it's a really great point let's do a research project yeah (laughs) i'm in on it I i feel like with makeup uh it's almost like a I don't know if selfish is the right word, but when I look at makeup artists, I'm like, ooh, okay, how can I do this with the makeup that I have? Like, it's almost like a, I'm trying to learn something that I can then use for myself. Tutorials. Yeah. Yeah. They're huge YouTube tutorials. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like, too, with, not to knock on makeup artists, (laughs) but like you said, you can look at it and you think you can replicate it. Personally, like, I look at, like, what you guys do, and I'm like, I can't do that. Like, <laughs> check, no, I can't, love what you're doing. But, but a makeup artist, I'm like, I'm going I'm to try this. <laughs> and then I'm like, and then I have makeup remover. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a fail. Yeah. <laughs> in some ways, I feel like it kind of reads to a little bit of elitism in mm-hmm. the art world, like, the fine art world, and how, like, the industry is built upon this idea of the, like, special artist and, um that like that is a key part of how it functions right um whereas makeup is accessible it's designed for someone else to do it whereas a painter is never going to show you how to do that painting Mm -hmm. great (laughs) point they won't share their secrets (laughs) (laughs) have you ever had like any um and i think because i'm in public art and civic art and i'm always worried about like pieces being damaged do you worry about that do you go and visit 
the murals that you've done to see how they're holding up or no i haven't so far some of the ones i've been applying to especially the government run ones um there's stipulations in the contract to do that Mm -hmm. so that might be coming up um i don't worry about it because even though i do legal work i have the I have the street art mentality and that it's transformative it's not mine it's the spaces it's the public so if the public even if that's one person chooses to come and paint over it then that's what's happened and it's going to transform and a lot I've done a lot of work just for fun at like legal graffiti parks there's one here in LA in Venice Beach Mm -hmm. that I did some drag queens on and I love seeing photos of when it's slowly being taken over by the rest of the graffiti um, and you can see the piece transform over those days. That and I really actually cool. like that. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. Could you handle that? I couldn't handle no. it. Like if I, someone bought your oil painting and then put like an, a red line through it? It depends. If they improved it, sure. Let's say they didn't. Then no, <laughs> I'd be so angry. I do really let... I get a good chuckle so like there's a whole group of artists that like will go to thrift stores and buy really old terrible landscapes and then paint like dinosaurs in them or something like i think that's hilarious as well Mm -hmm. yeah um going back to the um people vandalizing the murals there is actually one that i've never spoken about before like not even online but because i didn't i don't know i didn't want to like bring too much attention to something that was an isolated incident but i did a graffiti festival in copenhagen in like the center of Copenhagen and Denmark is a super progressive place and the organizers purposely picked me and one other queer graffiti artist and he's really well known in Denmark he does these giant rainbow penises like illegally on chains <laughs> yeah. it's amazing and they put us facing the most busy part opposite this place called Tivoli which is like the main tourist place in Copenhagen and so I did my painting and it wasn't even like super overly queer it was like two guys who were like kind of hugging next to each other watching their phones and in the background was a burning city it was like me trying to be like political (laughs) narrative which I don't do anymore (laughs) but um so when you look at it like that could even be brothers that could be you know it's not it's not offensive even to someone conservative but then somebody went along and graffitied fuck gays over the front of it And I didn't even know until someone, like, tagged me in it on Instagram. And I was just disappointed more than anything. I was like, but it's just one person. Who knows how old they are? It could be, like, a Mm 14-year-old kid. So I didn't take it, like, it didn't change my attitude towards people. But it was, like, this sucks. Yeah. You know? That really sucks. Yeah. (sighs) See, I'd have to, like, I'd have to go there. I'd have to fix it. And then, like hunt the person down and like, <laughs> and then, like stab him ten years like, later just still living in front of the wall like waiting not for that this. person uh, you're not touching this <laughs> yeah yeah I think, I think what I said to myself in the end is that they wanted to write I want to fuck gays it's and true and they ran out of time that's good I love it <laughs> so I think we should do your artist highlight yeah yeah that I never sent you. Lisa. You did it. So I, I am. Ooh, do you want to look at her now? Yes. I can show you while we're talking about it. Great. Um, so what is what's her name? <laughs> I, do you want to intro or am I? Uh, you can do it. Cool. So the artist that I picked is actually a drag artist and makeup artist called Hungry, and her Instagram is is she hungry, and she's from Berlin, uh, and. I she's huge online um she's like taken drag by storm because she does really different makeup she it's alien Whoa. it's Rorschach blot it's geometric it's really different to what anyone was doing in drag um and I did I know her a little bit personally because I used to live in Berlin and I would perform at the club that she DJ'd at mm. and that was right before she kind of really blew mm-hmm. up so we're like friends on Facebook, but we're not friends. Like that's mm. the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's, she's incredible. Yeah, and she did Bjork's latest album. She did the makeup for that. Um, I believe it was connected to it. And now she's all over. But um, I picked her because uh, she. It's beautiful what she creates, but also because she really came out of left field in the world of drag. 
everyone was doing or most people were doing certain things and she just did her own thing and you can tell she has she talks about her influences and it's completely outside of the world of drag she's influenced by nature by like bones by insects and I love that and to me that's like a true artist is someone that you're you're doing your own thing and it's not about what other people are doing you're carving your own way and I think that's why people have connected with it is because it's it's new um that's actually really important for any artist I love what you just said about um how she wasn't looking at people doing drag for inspiration but looking outside of that I mean mm. I don't think that artists hear that enough to be like oh it's okay to not look at other abstract painters when I'm doing abstract but to look at something completely different and bring that influence into their work I my mind is yeah, blown, my mind's I, blown I think you have to do that and like, I pe- like I obviously love visual art so I have a lot of painters that I love and I do look at but I really consciously try to not bring in elements of their work because yeah. that's their work so I, re- I really want to be inspired by things outside of that. And I don't know, it's, it's different. Like a lot of people function in different ways. And there's that whole like, what is it? Like good artists copy, great artists steal mm-hmm. something. Uh, I said it wrong. But no, I think you're right. Um, bad artists copy, good artists steal something mm-hmm. like that. But I've never, I get, I get it. And people have sort of made a compelling argument about it to me that everything is recycled. Nothing is really new. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, you don't have to directly do what someone else is doing and you've seen them do. Like on Instagram, you'll see people write, like, this is inspired by someone else's look. And then you look at the other person's and it's like the exact same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, to me, that's not inspired by. Yeah. That's Copy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, I think that she's incredible. She, beautiful and it's like it's like performance art oh yeah that's the crazy thing is if she wanted to she could be the prettiest female looking drag queen ever because that is what she looks like this tiny waist beautiful Thai face yeah but she doesn't and that is what I think is really cool as well it's like I could be really pretty and like as drag queens say fishy um but she goes the like super artistic route yeah I it's oh amazing. She oh, also yeah. is like, she studied fashion design. I'm going to sound like a weird stalker now, but she studied fashion design. <laughs> this so is why we have this section. Yeah. Yeah. So she designs a lot of the stuff that she wears as well. Um, mm-hmm. And her performances are also really good. You mm-hmm. can see some of them on YouTube. They're like funny and gorgeous. There's one with a diamond butt plug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. YouTube after the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we will definitely be sharing um, some of her work and her Instagram. Yes. Great find. Yeah, great find. Um, should we talk about art news? Yeah. Do we have time? Yes, we have time. Awesome. So we um, mix, are mixing it up. We're, it's a new segment, uh, a new spin on art news. So I'm going to read three art headlines um, and only one of them, or you know, I'm gonna read four headlines. Oh, okay. Only one of them is real. David says so, he loves games. I do. So you do? Okay. Down for this. So once we figure out which one's the real one, which I know because I wrote them all, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that segment. And yeah. All right. So first one. Daddy's ketchup installation at Freeze causes uproar among feminist Twitter. Real or fake? Read it one more time. Daddy's ketchup installation at Freeze causes uproar among feminist Twitter. Are we listening to all four and then yeah, say, can we guess as we go? One at no, time. One at time. what? Yeah. I think you should do it like truth, truth, lie. Fine. All right. Okay. Number two. What we're doing for? Sorry, it's, I'm like no. I, that, <laughs> was, that was my. <laughs> I want to hear all of them and then I'll guess. Instagram takedown: the fate of online nude art. Okay. Number three. What better muse than James's beard? Who's <laughs> <It was> James? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was real. <laughs> Number four, Marina Abramovich. 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 <laughs> the artist is present. Come to the Lumley this summer in 3D. That one's real. No, I don't know. No, I think it's the second one. <sighs> the Instagram. Instagram I think that one's real too. They're all real. <laughs> I don't know. You guys, I'm really good at headlines. Okay, one more. 
right? Was that's that four? It, those were four. Okay, I, it's definitely not the daddy's freeze one, I don't think. Um, I agree. The Instagram one, maybe that's too real, though. You know when people mm. do lie, lie, truth, and it's like the most boring one is... The wait, real one. I'm getting confused. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. That one, she might have put that one in there knowing we would pick it. It's a red but, herring. Mm-hmm. It's a daddy's red sauce. So which one? You guys don't have to agree. You can pick separately. One no, it's not win a team game. Can... <laughs> <laughs> I would really feel like we need consensus on this before we vote. All right, I'm gonna go. Well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip flop and go for number one. Daddy's. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I'm gonna go I'm with uh, Marina as being the real one. Y'all are both wrong. Oh, <laughs> is it the Instagram? It is the beard. Oh. I Who's James? Uh, James Harden. He is a um, Houston oh. Rockets guard. I've done a painting of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know James. I do. <laughs> all right. So, That's so funny. This article is all about um, Philippe Pirek, um is a freelance illustrator and was bored of his contract work. Um, and essentially, he decided to do this entire series about uh, James Harden's beard. And so... It's all these different paintings, um, collages, mixed media, um, really cool. And he found his way out of his artistic rut. Um, and now he's basically doing different picking people or having commissions done um, where he does people's faces and all these different mediums. Um, so my question, to turn this around to you guys, have you ever been in kind of like a rut or um, kind of just a freeze of man, like, I just, I'm not feeling, like, inspired right now, and how did you get out of it? Boom, didn't see that plot twist? <laughs> I think, for me, um, my biggest one was after I graduated from, uh, after grad school, and I moved back to L.A. Mm -hmm. from New York, and I think a lot of it went into it as, like, I was sad that I was leaving New York, I was sad grad school was over, I was sad I didn't have a studio anymore, yeah. and... Uh, I wasn't surrounded by a bunch of artists, so I f really felt like I was in an artistic rut. Like, mm -hmm. now what? Especially because my thesis class was, or my thesis show was the, like, hanging pantyhose, and I couldn't do that in the studio that I had from the ceiling, so I felt like I couldn't continue yeah. that work. So, yeah, I definitely... And, well, How did you get out of it? Um, I drank wine, <laughs> and... Uh, I don't remember how I got out of it. I think you just kind of like so much wine. work yeah. yourself. <laughs> Sorry, picked up a paintbrush drunk. <laughs> yeah, I think I switched gears. I yeah. think I started looking at it differently, okay. and instead of doing the sculpture pieces, I started really diving into the performance work. Nice. Uh, I haven't had any huge mm -hmm. ruts, but I definitely have times where I feel less inspired mm -hmm. than others. And then I just change something up. It's like whether uh, a new medium or um, kind of looking at different types of poses uh, or different types of people. A lot. Of, I'm like very inspired by people. That's like part of why I do portraits. So as soon as I find someone new to paint, I'm inspired again. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So I get on Instagram, start looking at faces. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. Um, well, thank you guys for playing my game. Of course. And my sneaky shout out is to the artist because he's hot. He is a certified snack and the reason I picked it. The guy so, that paints the beards? Yeah, look at him. Oh, yeah, he's I'll very cute. I'll post his picture. He looks like a basketball player. Yeah. Down. What's anyway. the guy's beard look like? Is it a big beard? It's big like it's and like rectangle. I probably could have shown you guys. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Super cool. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, David, yes, thank for being you. on our podcast. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah. Um, any plugs, anything? Uh, my Instagram, uh, Mural Walls. Is that a plug? Uh, live, Find me a wall. live painting. Find me a wall. <laughs> live yeah, painting. paint me to hire me to paint your wedding. <laughs> Lisa? Uh, I want to get into tattooing, so hit me up Ooh. in six months. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Oh, wait, I actually do have some shows come up. I should yeah. probably plug that Yeah, in definitely. Absolutely. Um, well, oh, well, this won't be out tonight, will it? I was like, Not tonight. In one hour, I come to Enigma, Beverly Hills. 
Uh, I'm showing at Art Attack in San Francisco, so and I'm hopefully going to be showing there more in the future. So that's in the Castro. So anyone who wants to see my work live, you can go there whenever, and it's there. Um, and then I have some group shows coming up. Is that too much to plug? No, plug away. Yeah, um, well, there's one 13th of April in Sacramento. I'm in one at the Trade. Uh, and then I'm in one at the Kennedy Gallery in May called 2020, which is also in Sacramento. Um, so it's all California-based, I guess. Awesome. And then there's other stuff coming up. I don't want to plug too much. All right. Well, send us send us those as well. And as we post about you, because um, we'll continue to post about you for like weeks and months. Oh, please do. Plugging <laughs> it. So absolutely. You're now one of our artists. You're one so. of ours. Oh, I love that. You're one and of us. You're one of my podcast. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> What is that from? I love that. What is that? I forgot. It's I a movie. I think about it a lot. I don't know what it's from. I think it might be The Simpsons. It might be, yeah. Or they took it from something else. Oh, they might have, yeah. We'll narrow it down. <laughs> All right. Well, we love you guys. Don't forget to follow us on Art World Podcast Instagram. Yep. And theartworldpodcast.com. And uh, write a review and... Hit us with those five stars. There you go. Bye. We love you.